Welcome back, everyone, to the Caught Red Podcast. I am Megan Light. And I'm Jesse Light. And we are just two dog lovers here to talk some true crime, horror movies, and then, of course, our dogs, too. And if you guys don't already know, happy one year to our little podcast. Happy one year. It's hard to think that it's been 365 days of this. It did really kind of fly by, huh? Yeah. It's been a fun ride. Great experience all around, would you say? I feel like we've gotten better. Yes, it's been great for us as a couple. It's been great to get to know our fans and everybody through Instagram. We've met a lot of people on there. We have. We've built like a little little community. We should get to meet a few next month at CrimeCon, so that's really cool. Very excited about that. Thank you guys out there for supporting us and listening to not just our cases that we tell, but about us and about our critters, because we all know they're a lot sometimes. We could ramble on and on about them, but... We really could. <laughs> like, you might hear Ripley growl because we we're recording a little bit later than usual, and she's quite grumpy at nighttime. She's a bitch, let's just be honest. <laughs> But, again, we love having y'all listen in and support us. And I would like to think that we're pretty down-to-earth and relatable for most people out there as well. And I was just telling Jesse that I think I already have, like, a sugar headache from the cake. Probably from the icing. It's really sweet. So I know we're about to be sick as dogs this week. You know what it was missing, though? What? Ice cream. Ugh, I feel oh, like that, I might throw that, up if that was in the mix. Would have been so good with some why like, didn't cookies you stop? and cream ice cream. Why didn't you stop and get any? I didn't think about it. Like your cookies and cream cookies with your cookies and cream ice cream for your ice cream sandwich you made? Oh my gosh, what was that place called? The, the Baked Bear in Nashville. Dude. We went there this past weekend. Oh, and thank you everybody for the happy birthday wishes. I appreciate that. Uh, I fill every one of my days. Most days. Yeah, she got to go see UFC fights for her birthday. Oh, yeah, because that's exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> well, you got to go see zoo, zoo animals in the rain, so. God, I'm surprised we don't have colds right now. True. It rained the whole time we walked around the zoo. But I thought it was so funny how everybody there was just like, do, 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 kids and all. And that's then... what I'm surprised we don't have colds from. Snotty-nosed kids touching all the door oh, handles and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did go to nashville that was fun the last time we went was four years ago and we went to see eric church and then like jesse said we went back and watched ufc fights which were actually pretty good i almost saw a break you did that one uh the elbow that was a break he broke his arm baby yes did you see my arms go up in the air and i was like ah People behind us probably thought you were a psychopath. That's fine. But yeah, we went to the Baked Bear. It's customized ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, get back on. Oh my God. <laughs> Whip that back around. I did a chocolate chip cookie on the bottom, M&M cookie on top, vanilla ice cream, and then she rolled it in sprinkles. And then I just did all chocolate, you know. Yep. That's how you do. We did try 
DeSano's Pizza. That was really good. It was one of Dave Portnoy's stops when he came to Nashville, and he rated it like a 7.2, but I give it like an 8.1. I liked it. It was really good. I liked it a lot. It wasn't like heavy. Right. I could have eaten that last slice, but I was considerate. It wasn't even 80-20. I think we split it 60-40. I'm impressed. <laughs> About what? How you ate that pizza. Oh, I could have had that last <laughs> slice, but I knew we were getting dessert. Well, I think it's because we walked like how many steps? 14,000 or something. I don't remember, but I think the whole weekend in Nashville, we probably did at least 10 miles, give or take. It was fun, though. I had a good time. Same. I really liked our hotel. It's dog. It was doggo friendly, so I got to pet puppies while we were there. There was a husky, and then you... Was the big a, poodle. Yeah. Standard poodle. And then random ones on the street. So when we go, if we go back next year, we'll have to take Derby. Because she doesn't get to go to places like that. And she she needs to visit some fun locations. She needs to go to the beach. She does. I think she would love it. And she did have her vet appointment today. She's healthy. Passed with flying colors. We'll get blood work and test results tomorrow, but our vet is very confident that she is healthy as can be. She gained three pounds at her Lolly's house, so shout out to her for... Lolly would be my mom, her grandmother. Fattening her grandchild up for us. Just in case y'all don't know, we call my mom Lolly and we call my dad Pop, so they're Lolly Pops. Those are the grandparent names. Everything else sounded too old to her, so she couldn't have that. And then your parents are Poppet is your mom. And Papa. Yeah. Yeah, so those are good, too. Those are fun. Those are fun names. Both sets are very fun names. We actually did watch one horror movie lately. We we watched Insidious 5. Oh, yeah. The Red Door. Eh. 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 Was it a money grab? Probably. Yeah. But I just, it was missing, it was missing some. I wanted more. I didn't have enough jump scares and stuff, but I don't think the Insidious movies are that scary in general. I'd much rather watch The Conjuring or something like that. But if you've seen the other ones, you have to watch that one to get the conclusion. So do it. Enjoy it if you like. I just feel like there's like chunks of the story missing yeah, they, they could have done without the whole fraternity party scenes. I didn't think that was really necessary either, but well, I don't you know. guys will have to let us know if you've seen it, what you thought of it. And Jesse has our case this week. I do. And it is it's current, a, ongoing. It is Would ongoing, you, ongoing. Yes. Okay, so we'll have to have an update in the future at some point. If we hear anything. Yeah. So this is a recommendation by one of our newest listeners. Shout out to Crystal. Oh, hey, girl. And yeah, this is the first case we've really done where the trial has yet to take place. So we've got to keep in mind that the man facing the charges is innocent until proven guilty. We are covering this case to bring awareness to what is going on with this case and to tell this woman's story. And, yeah, hopefully in the future we'll get to do another episode to update y'all with some good news. Only time will tell. 
Well, I'm, hopefully what you tell us will lead us in the direction of what will happen. Yeah, I know that they pushed back the trial till next year, so there's that. It was originally supposed to be next month, so. Oh. Yeah. Dang. January 7th, 2021, around 5 p.m., was the last time Maya Miglietti was seen alive. She was caught on video surveillance from a neighboring home as she arrived at her home in her Jeep and walked inside. She has been missing ever since, going on over two and a half years. There's been no activity on her credit cards and no credible sightings of her. This is the story of Maya Miliete. Her birth name is Maya Tabalanza, born May 1st, 1981 in the Philippines. At 15 years old, Maya, her five siblings, and her parents immigrated to the United States. Ooh, big family. They found a home in Honolulu, Hawaii. And that is where Maya really came into her own. She went to Admiral Arthur Radford High School. And this is where she fell in love with Larry Miliette. They originally met while working at a fast food restaurant together. And Larry's family also immigrated from the Philippines. They originally found a home in San Diego, California. But Larry got into some trouble as a youth, and his parents took him to Hawaii kind of as like a fresh start. He was arrested in a gang-related stabbing in 1997 when he was 15 years old. That sounds like somebody I would love to hang out with. Yeah. I don't know if her parents approved of that when they first started dating. The victim, who was 17 years old, suffered multiple stab wounds and was rushed to the hospital where he ultimately recovered. Otherwise, you know, if he would have died, it would have been a little different for Larry Miliete. Uh-huh. He wouldn't have been in Hawaii. But aside from that, I think he only really had, like, two traffic tickets in Riverside County. So no more, like, run-ins with the law after that assault. So he kind of cleaned up his act, I guess. Maya and Larry married as teenagers fresh out of high school, 18 years old. Maya was the first one in her family to get married, and it was kind of a shock to everyone, but they still supported her. Family is very important in the Filipino culture. One of our very best friends is half Filipino, and her family is everything to her. And Larry served in the... United States Navy for five years after they got married. Then they moved to San Diego, specifically Chula Vista, in a home on Paseo Los Gatos. They decided to wait 10 years before starting a family, and they eventually brought in two daughters and a son into the world, ages 4, 9, and 11, at the time Maya went missing. Okay. And they had also been married for 20 years when Maya disappeared. And it seems like a very long time, especially when you see pictures of Maya and how she looks like she's probably in her 20s. And she's, she just looks so young. But she's really 39 when she went missing. Wow. So I got myself a few years before I'm taken away. <laughs> Larry worked as an optician for the Navy, and Maya was a supervisor contract specialist at the Naval Station in San Diego. She basically negotiated contracts for the U.S. Navy. 
and it was a very good job for her. She was making around one hundred thirty thousand to one hundred forty thousand dollars a year. Damn. She was making quite a bit more than he was, actually. Larry and Maya's relationship had really started to go downhill in the year leading up to her disappearance. Larry had allegedly become more and more controlling of Maya and more paranoid as well. And I'll go more into that later as we go along. It is strange that you're together for that long and then just one day something shifts. Right. Maya was actually making plans and taking steps to divorce Larry. In fact, the last person that heard from her was a divorce attorney. The afternoon of January 7th, she had scheduled a meeting for the following Tuesday, the 12th. So could this be one of those the-husband-did-it type cases? Homicide cases usually have one triggering event. So could finding out that Maya wanted a divorce just completely like push Larry over the edge? Did that make him snap? I don't know where Larry stood religiously. I know he accused Maya multiple times of having an affair and then forced her to go to church afterwards. And being from the Philippines, marriage is extremely sacred over there. Citizens in the Philippines are predominantly Catholic. I want to say close to like 86% of people practice Catholicism over there. The Philippines is the only country besides the Vatican City where divorce is illegal. Really? I think they have a few exceptions, but that was just very surprising to me too. Like, if you're Muslim living in the Philippines, you can divorce. But like, if you go through the whole process as a Catholic and get married, then it would be like illegal to get a divorce unless... Unless you have an annulment, I believe. Wow. And you know what annulment is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here, it's like, I don't like you anymore. Bye. Pretty much. I don't even know what the percent of divorce is. It's probably over 50% in the U.S., but I'm just guessing. You can look it up. Go right ahead. But yeah, the annulment process, I mean, that's kind of like proves that the marriage wasn't a sacred promise that was kept in the first place due to like, Emotional and physical abuse, for example. I think if it came down to it, Maya could have definitely gotten an annulment for the way Larry treated her anyways, but they weren't living in the Philippines, so it didn't matter. Yeah, 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce. Second marriages are 60 to 67% in the U.S. Dang. You know, it's really funny that you're talking about divorce and the Catholic religion, because mm-hmm. it makes me think about like that second to last season, I think it is, of Brazilian Isles when the dad hooks up with the younger girl and he wants a divorce from the mom and she won't let it happen because she doesn't want her children to think they're bastard children <laughs> if she gets divorced because of her strong religious yeah. background. Yeah. So he was still married and was dating this younger girl? Or they, they were had, separated? They had separated like yeah. the... Third season. Okay. Second season. Third season. I'll rewatch it and let you know. Of course It's not you will. a problem. <laughs> well, from the outside looking in, people thought that Maya had a great life. They had a beautiful million-dollar home, Ooh. amazing family life, 
20 years of marriage, and she had a great, successful career. She was kind, funny, witty. She could sing and play the guitar really well. Like, I watched a few videos on Instagram. She can really sing. She knew martial arts. She loved the outdoors. And she just got into off-roading with her new Jeep Rubicon. So, I bet it was a four-door, though. I think, I think it was, yeah. Ugh. Maya was very close with her family. She talked to them just about every day. The family actually had a big ski trip to Big Bear planned in a few days for Maya's oldest daughter's birthday. When Maya's sister, Mary Chris, didn't get a response from Maya on January 8th, 2021, she began to worry. She wasn't answering messages in the family group text, and her calls were going straight to voicemail. And Maya was the planner of the group. You know how there's always that one person that takes action and sets everything into motion? That was her. Now, J.R., Maya's brother, decided to go over and check on her, see what was going on. When he got to the house, one of Maya's daughters answered the door and told J.R. that Maya hadn't come out of the bedroom in 11 hours and hadn't fed them either. And J.R. found Larry upstairs and asked him what was going on. Larry told J.R. that him and Maya got into an argument the night before and she locked herself in the bedroom and was basically, he was basically just giving her space. So J.R. knocked on the door, but there was no answer. He thought maybe she was just sleeping. But while he was there, one of the daughters playfully karate kicked at the door a few times, but even those loud bangs didn't get the attention of Maya if she was really in the room. JR somewhat believed Larry at the time, but he was starting to get a little suspicious. I know we only have five years of marriage, six years together coming up. And they have 20, and I get that's completely different, a lot more time in. But if we had, we well, we wouldn't. But if we had an argument that we needed space, like 15 minutes later, you'd be like, hey. Or I would be like, hi. Not 11, 11 hours. hours. That's so strange to me. Even, I know they're having a fight. I know they're going through something. But you would still think at some point in those 11 hours, the husband would be like, Honey, can I bring you a snack? Like a hundred percent, yeah. While Jr. was there, he noticed a few things. He noticed that the tires of their black Lexus SUV were low. What could that be about? All four? Yeah, this was the car Larry mainly drove. Like Jr. knew that it was normal for their Jeep's tires to be set a little low for their trips to the trails because they would do some pretty rocky trails. But it was weird for the Lexus tires to be low because they didn't take that out there. That probably wouldn't end well. Also, when Jr. left, he looked back up at the bedroom window and the light in the bedroom was off. So was Maya really in there? He tried to call the phone a couple times before he left, but... For him, it went straight to voicemail, too. I'm kind of on the tires still. Like, unless they are drastically low, I don't feel like you would really notice that unless you're looking for something wrong. I mean, maybe he was. He probably maybe. was looking for something wrong or anything out of the ordinary. The next day, January 9th, Pablito, 
Maya's father was told that he needed to go over to Maya's house to check on her because she still wasn't responding. So he went over there, and Pablito asked Larry where Maya was, and he said in the bedroom upstairs. Pablito knocks on the door and calls on her. He spent about five minutes waiting outside the door before finally he turns to Larry, who is right beside him, and asked him if he had an extra key. Sure enough, Larry is like, oh, yeah, and reaches into his pocket for the key. He had it in his pocket the whole time? That's like, really? really suspicious. All this time, and now you're finally going to open it? You had it this whole time. Like, you could have done it for J.R., like, these people yeah. are worried sick about their family member, and you're over acting way too calm. So he opened the door, and Maya was nowhere to be found. Pablito was like, you said she was here. And Larry just, like, nonchalantly says, she must have left early morning to go for a hike. Meanwhile, Larry goes straight over to the desk where the credit cards were mm -hmm. and was like, Huh, the credit cards aren't here. She must have taken them. You just keep your credit cards in a desk? It's very strange. He's a strange man. And the next day was supposed to be that big bear trip, but obviously that wasn't happening without Maya. The family still all gathered at the Miliete home for Maya's daughter's birthday. It wasn't much of a party at this point, though. Everybody was just really staring at the door, hoping that Maya would walk through it. They were just hoping and praying, but she never did. And Mary Chris didn't know how to tell the kids or explain to them where their mother was, because no one really knew anyways. Larry was kind of just off to the side, not really communicating with the family. He didn't seem too concerned either. So that night, January 10th, at around 11.18 p.m., Mary Chris filed a missing persons report to the Chula Vista Police Department. Three officers arrived that evening, and Larry was discouraging Mary Chris from, like, putting in that police report. What? Yeah, he just, he wanted no part of it, really. But he did welcome them into the home. So three officers arrived and they separated everyone into individual rooms to get statements. You know, how that's how they do it. Just in case someone's like wanting to say something that they don't get intimidated by someone else in the family. But Mary Chris and her family were still there. Larry willingly let the officer search his phone, specifically like text messages between him and Maya. And they found it odd that all the messages prior to January 9th had been deleted. Ooh. Yeah. So when questioned about that, Larry just told them that he needed to conserve space on his phone. Now, come on. Just get really? some more iCloud space. I mean, I've got messages going like way back a couple years. Me too. <laughs> and I still got plenty of storage space. I do not. Because you, well, <laughs> you got thousands of pictures. Well, I was going to say my phone's about to blow up any day now, too. So, Larry also told police that they got into an argument the night of January 7th and sh that Maya locked herself in the room. On the 8th, he said he took their son with him to Solana Beach, 
while his da- two daughters stayed home because it was a school day and it was virtual schooling since it was during COVID. Oh, yeah. So. Forgot about that. Yeah. I keep forgetting about it, too. And I'm like, oh, that's right. COVID. He said that he last physically saw Maya Thursday the 7th, and then he says he heard her downstairs making dinner on the evening of the 8th, but he didn't actually see her or anything because he was keeping his distance. So he he was sleeping upstairs, and she was sleeping downstairs. My God. According to him. You're still going to see each other right unless like how big of a million dollar house is this like you got wings that no one else can see each other in (laughs) or you got multiple kitchens you're gonna need a snack and if she's down there cooking you might run into her how strange i'm saying that's just his story so the police initially were treating this as a missing persons case There were no indications of foul play at the time, and Larry was being cooperative with the investigators. The searches began, and Mary Chris and the family was at the forefront of those searches. When asked about her sister, Mary Chris said she was a great mother, very hands-on, always teaching the kids how to play music, singing songs with them. Her kids were everything to her. And I listened to quite a few videos of Mary Chris talking about her sister. She was so heartbroken. I felt so bad for for them. And and still to this day, they're posting about Maya, leading searches, doing prayer groups, and trying to get justice for Maya. I followed her on Instagram, too. I believe she runs the at help find Maya account. Okay. So if y'all want to check that out. But strangely, though, Larry never participated in any of those searches. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest red flags in my eyes right there. Four days after Maya went missing, Billy Little, a former criminal defense investigator for the U.S. Navy, heard about the case, I believe, from Maya's sister, Mary Chris, and he wanted to help out, and he really wanted to talk to Larry and go through the house He thought it was very odd that Larry wasn't the one to file the missing persons report. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. All that time goes by and he's just, you know, just waiting around. When Billy arrived to the Miliette home, he showed Larry his naval civilian ID and Larry led him in the house. Immediately, Billy noticed something very strange. The AC was running, which was very uncommon for January. All the windows were open as well. It just seemed like Larry was trying to air out the house or something. Billy knew about the fight or argument that Larry and Maya had the night before she disappeared, so he was looking for any sign that there was a struggle throughout the house, any defensive wounds that Larry might have had. And he didn't find any wounds on Larry, but he did find something at the bedroom. The door had recently been patched up, specifically right next to the doorknob. It's like right in the area if a door was locked and you needed access to that room and you just try to punch your way through it to unlock it from the the other side. Billy touched the patch and it was still kind of wet. The spackle and everything? Yeah. Huh. There's a picture of it online. 
he asked Larry what happened here, and Larry was like, oh, yeah, Maya punched a hole through it. Really? You sure about that? You sure about that? Maya's like 5'2", 105 pounds. I mean, she does martial arts, but... I just I'm can't not punching picture. A, I'm not punching a hole through that either. Yeah, I just can't picture that. And then the, inside the bedroom, Billy noticed another hole in the wall that was also been recently repaired. This one was higher up, probably too high for Maya to have been able to punch through. But Larry said that that too was for Maya. Strange. What, she just went into like a rage <laughs> mode and just started hitting things? Yeah. When Billy left the house, he had come to the conclusion that Larry had killed his wife. But where could her body be? Billy at this time focused his energy on asking around the neighborhood for any kind of video or audio recordings that they may have picked up in the direction of the Miliete home. He found a neighbor that actually had audio of the Miliete kids playing in the backyard of their home on January 7th the last day Maya was seen. Oh, what? And what was weird about this was that it was at 10.30 p.m. on a school night. And like I said before, with temperatures in the high 40s, well past their bedtime, too cold to be playing outside. Then there was another audio recording. I'm not sure if it was the same house or another one close by. They kept these homes anonymous in the preliminary hearings but this recording had what sounded to me like eight gunshots coming from the direction of the Miliete uh-uh. house they sounded like gunshots and then there was like a dog barking in the distance too but they were never able to prove that they were actual gunshots and this was around 10 p.m that same january 7th night so I don't know about you, but I've got a theory as to what happened playing out in my head right now. Yeah. I also want to know what this audio equipment is attached to because we need it. It's probably just a ring camera or something. Unless they leave it running all the time. Mine doesn't pick up sound unless you turn it on. A different video camera recorded Larry the following morning, January 8th backing his Lexus into the garage at 5.58 a.m. So he was really he was repositioning it because it was parked in the in the driveway facing the house. Mm-hmm. So he had to like back it out, turn and it around. turn it around and back it in. You can't see what Larry is putting in the trunk because the back of the vehicle is just out of view of the camera. At six forty-five a.m., Larry leaves the house in the Lexus and doesn't return for eleven hours and twenty minutes. He likes these eleven hours, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Is her Jeep at the house? Her Jeep is at all four vehicles are at their house. Yeah. Four. Yeah, they have. Four. They try to be like the lights. I mean, Shoot. we only have three, but one's a toy. But your Jeep is a toy. That's a good spare vehicle, <laughs> sir. You're right. You're right. But yeah, they had, I don't know what the other two were, but they had four vehicles and yeah, the Jeep was parked out front. So like I'll say what everyone else is thinking here. Did Larry shoot Maya, then tell his kids to go outside and play while he cleaned up the crime scene and then he put her body in the trunk of the Lexus the next morning and drove far away to get rid of her? Yeah. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Right there in your face. I also 
think it's kind of odd that he would tell them to go outside when I feel like he could have given him like Benadryl or something like that and just knocked him out and kept him in the house in their bedrooms. But that's just me. True. Unless it just sp- spur of the moment, spur of the moment, like, Shit. Yeah, out of rage or something. Because I'm sure they probably argued a lot throughout the last few years or something if their relationship was just spiraling out of control. So maybe the kids were used to them screaming and arguing and Maybe it was one of the maybe it was the old oldest child that took the little ones outside to get away from the screaming. Yeah. Billy informed the Chula Vista police of his findings. He he made it sound like there was never a follow up. I think with it being an active investigation, though, they weren't giving out too many details to mm-hmm. the family or anyone for that matter. They were trying to keep their cards close to their vest. At that point, it was just a missing persons case. It had the potential to be a murder investigation, but they weren't going to rush anything is what it sounded like. On January 23rd, the Chula Vista police searched the Miliete home They seized two Glock handguns, a rifle, and a shotgun, and they found Larry was also in possession of an illegal assault rifle. And then three days later, they served another search warrant, this time taking the navigation system and GPS from Larry's Lexus. Hmm. They also had a search warrant for Larry's aunt and uncle's house where officers were seen carrying large rifles out of the house along with boxes and boxes of ammunition. All in all, I believe they confiscated 22 firearms, only eight of which were legally registered to Larry. Larry. What are you doing? <laughs> Building an arsenal back there. And a forty caliber gun had yet to be recovered. About a month after Maya went missing... Larry hired himself a lawyer and stopped cooperating with the police and the investigation. And I don't think he ever really helped in the investigation anyways. Doesn't sound like Like, it. For example, he claimed one time he sent in some evidence. I'm not sure what evidence it was, but it turned out that he texted it to a landline number. So obviously they're not. (laughs) Eugene. Obviously they're not going to see that. And when the police asked him to text it to an actual cell number, Larry said he had already deleted it because he thought he successfully sent it already. Sure about that. In May of 2021, the Chula Vista police served Larry with a gun violence restraining order. Investigators had found an image on Larry's phone of his four-year-old son on the kitchen table surrounded by all of Larry's guns. What? Yeah, like, what? Why? Is that your new Tinder pic? What are you doing? Oh, Lord. Like, what kind of flex is that? I don't know. Anyways, this restraining order would protect his family from him if he was to, like, go crazy and shoot up the place. Who knows what he's capable of. But it would also protect the police in the event that if they were to go in there and arrest him and charge him with the murder of Maya, I'm sure it would make them feel a lot safer if if they went in there and he wasn't going to shoot, you know, go out guns blazing, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, he has a lot that are unregistered, so I'm sure that wouldn't stop him, though. It's just a piece of paper. 
you you're saying he probably had more hidden. Or well, what? I'm just saying just because he has a a restraining order of some kind against him using guns. He couldn't find another one. I'm sure he could in find that time span. One. Yeah, true. Yes. At this point in the investigation, they had named Larry a person of interest. And on October 19th, 2021, they finally arrested Larry Miliete at 11.42 a.m. for the murder of Maya Miliete and for an illegal firearms charge. He pled not guilty to both charges. If convicted, he could face up to 25 years to life in prison. With his arrest, more and more evidence started to pop up, and Maya's family were waiting on this arrest for months. There was obviously a case that needed to be built, and they didn't want it to go wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, they were being patient. But I know that's got to be hard. Yeah, because all of them thought it was him. And they have to be left in the dark because they can't be told about an active investigation, really. Yeah. And they knew that Maya wasn't going to just up and leave Mm -hmm. everything behind. There was no way in their mind that she would do that. If she was going to leave, she'd probably take the kids. Yeah. She wouldn't leave that Jeep behind either. She better not. Well, like a lot of investigations into missing people and just deaths in general, when something like this happens, people begin to talk. Information about that person gets brought up from the woodworks. Her friends began talking about certain problems Maya and Larry were having. Family members were bringing up things from the past And it seemed like Maya never told one single person all of her problems. She would kind of spread around the issues between all of them, either to not like overwhelm one specific person with all of her troubles, I guess. And then, of course, you had what the investigators discovered when they looked into Larry's phone and his laptop searches and his text messages and emails. So... You ready to hear about all these red flags? Is this the weird woo-woo stuff? This is some weird shit. Okay. <laughs> I remember you saying something about it gets a little yeah, so wonky. Yeah, so I was venting to Megan on the way to Nashville, for sure. <laughs> I was like, whew. Billy found out from the family that Maya and Larry started having marital problems back in January of 2020. They tried marriage counseling, and I guess when that didn't work, Larry would contact everyone from Maya's family looking for help. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of messages over the course of the year. He would say that Maya was having a midlife crisis and that she'd been going out with her single friends and forgetting about her family, basically throwing her under the bus and making her look like the bad guy, never asking for help to fix himself. And it sounded like he was just so aggressive and relentless with his tactics, too. He'd send texts to her family just out of the blue, quoting Bible verses. What? Not stuff you'd normally send to, like, your in-laws or anyone, for that matter. Like some weird revelation stuff? Well, one in particular was Proverbs 5, verses 3 through 13. It said, quote, "...for the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey." Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Like, can you imagine me just sending this to Scotty or 
Denise or something out of the blue. Like, I'm pretty sure fuck? mom would get in the car and drive up here and like fill your forehead and make sure you're not feverish or something. Like that is so strange. Maya wanted out. She had told a number of her family members and friends that she wanted a divorce. And she she told Larry that she was going to leave multiple times, but Larry would tell her that he would take everything from her, her kids, her job, her house, and she would have nothing. He was already so controlling anyways. He, was, he had taken con- complete control over their financials. She barely had enough money in her personal bank accounts to keep them open. All the money that she would make would go into their joint accounts, which he had control of. Then he would go and take that money and and buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with it. Like he was taking money out of their kids' saving funds to buy Bitcoin and stuff. Like he was obsessed with that stuff. All she had to do... Borrow a hundred bucks from your sister, go open a new bank account, take that information, take it to work, and have your money transferred into that account for your well, paycheck. What she was doing, so she need, needed money to afford a divorce attorney. Uh-huh. So she when at any time her and her family, her and her friends would go out shopping or go out eating, she would put it on their credit cards and then she'd have them pay her back with cash and she'd stow that cash away. Okay. But yeah, what you said makes sense too. (laughs) I mean, he had all her like social media passwords too. So like he was checking in on her. You already know half. Yeah, that's true. He used to say password for everything. (laughs) Yeah. Now it, it was discovered that Maya did in fact have a secret Instagram account and was communicating with a coworker named Jamie on there. And it appeared that their relationship was romantic. Oh. This started around September of 2020 and then kind of fizzled out by January 2021. So after they were already having problems, oh, yeah, though. Yeah, their marriage was completely done by then. But still, Larry caught wind of it and confronted Maya about it. He would drive to her work and, like, circle the parking lot in his vehicle And one day he came across Maya sitting in Jamie's vehicle talking to him. And Larry got out and confronted them and just like made Maya cry and she left and all this drama. There was a video recording of a different instance. I believe it was in the Miliete home found by investigators where you could hear Larry and Maya arguing. And at one point she says... So that's enough for you to wish death on me all the time? And they were arguing about Jamie at the time. So their relationship was so far gone at this point. Larry wrote emails to her boss asking that she not be allowed to work with any men. Get out. Yeah, like, I don't think you can do that, especially with the U.S. Navy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And he actually had an affair investigation brought up against her. Oh, because a co-worker? Yeah. Hmm. In September of 2020, now this is getting weird, Larry sent to an unnamed recipient a picture of a candlelit altar with a black and white photo of him and Maya in the center with blood all over it. I don't know where that altar was. What? 
could have been somewhere in the house, but I, I have no clue. It's just creepy as fuck. You think they would have found it if it was. Right. Unless he got rid of it. Unless he got like a storage building and it's just like woo-woo voodoo shit in there. It's very possible after you hear some of this stuff here in a sec. All right, I'm in. There was a time when Larry hid one of the daughter's phones in Maya's vehicle so that he could track her location. I believe he confessed this to Maya's sister-in-law at one time. And it was brought up that Maya and Larry were sleeping in separate bedrooms by September of 2020. But Larry would hide speakers in Maya's room at night that would play subliminal messages. What? Yeah. It would say, no more men. No more men. Like, super quiet, I guess. So what, you want to be a lesbian? (laughs) No more other men, I guess. (laughs) And when Maya found those, she was like, okay, enough is enough. Good Lord. One of Maya's friends said that at, at one point in 2020, Maya told her that Larry choked her to the point of unconsciousness. Now, this goes back to me saying that she didn't tell her family everything. She kind of told some people mm-hmm. certain things. I just feel like if her family had any idea about this, they probably definitely would have stepped in at some point, but they didn't know about this until after Yeah, if the I investigation. went to my dad and said, Jesse's choking me, he'd probably come kill you. Oh, probably, probably. So I'm sure her dad would be the same way. Yeah, like, that's my baby. Don't sure. touch her. Her brothers would have too, mm-hmm. I'm sure. It got so out of hand that Larry turned to witchcraft, specifically specifically spellcasters. This started in September of 2020. Apparently, there are people on the internet that will sell you a spell for like $5 that will get your wife to be attracted to you again or that will bind your marriage with blood. Seems really cheap. It does, doesn't it? But it's some weird shit. Well, Larry believed... And that kind of stuff, I guess, or was just at the point of no return and needed to try something. I don't know. But he was willing to buy at least 70 different spells from like five or six different spellcasters. He spent a grand total of $1,154.05 on spells. And they started out as being like, quote, I would like a powerful love spell to bind my wife, Maya Miliete, to me forever. Also, for her to love me unconditionally as I love her, to keep her from hurting our family even further. Then they progressively got worse. He would say, do you have any spells that can manifest to cause physical harm? Can you give someone cancer? Make her sick and keep her really sick? I'm desperate to calm her down. Please punish Maya and incapacitate her enough to where she can't leave the house. It's time to take the gloves off. These were emails to spellcasters. Word for word emails sent from Larry to these spellcasters. How strange. There's one like, quote, I think she wants me to snap. I'm shaking inside waiting to snap. Now, I wish I... I wish they would show, like, what these spellcasters were responding with. Like, did they normally get these kind of messages from people? Yeah, were they like, hey, go to a therapist? You need help, bro. No, they should have called the cops, honestly. 
I guess they really wanted that $5 <laughs> deposit or something. What is very suspicious about all these Spellcaster emails, though, is that they suddenly stop after January 7th when she went missing. He stopped sending the request in or asking he, for the spells? He stopped emailing the Spellcasters. He actually sent an email for them to stop putting a hex on Maya on the 9th and to focus it on Jamie. Oh, like he has no need for any spells for Maya anymore because she is out of the picture or something. Then there's a strong contrast between Maya's Google searches that they found and Larry's Google searches. So they found that Maya's looking up stuff like how to calculate child support payments, how much mortgage can I afford, does manhandling your wife count as physical abuse, Physical abuse manifesting years after in a marriage. Can you track an iPhone if it's on airplane mode? Then Larry's looking up like certain types of sedative drugs, subliminal wife training, how to make your wife perform oral sex, shit like that. One of these things <laughs> is not like the other. Oh, which one? Oh, my God. In November of 2020, Larry emailed Maya an article called What Men Want from Their Wives. And Maya replied saying, how about maybe you focus on what women want from their husbands? Burn. All these things you send me are just about you, which further solidifies your whole idea that I'm the problem and that if you could only just fix me, everything would be okay. As long as I go back to the wife you liked, the one who didn't rock the boat or didn't care how much she was hurting as long as there was peace and harmony, then everything would be okay. Because really, I'm the problem, right? Whew. She did good. Yeah. What else they found with the cell phone records was pretty alarming, too. Larry texted Maya a total of 44 times starting on January 9th until January 30th, which was all after she went missing. But he never once called her. Larry's phone data also revealed that he was home the entire day on the 7th. Manually, his cell phone was turned off on the 8th for a 12-hour window of time. This is when he claimed he was at the beach with his son Larry also never showed up to work on the 8th because his boss tried to call him multiple times, but Larry's phone was off. His boss called Maya too, but obviously no answer. Then he got a hold of Larry's father, who then sent a text to Larry's phone saying, you need to call your boss regarding your job, exclamation point. <laughs> so he spent like, what, 10 hours at the beach with his son? Really? And you just leave your girls to do homework? Well, the crazy thing is, it only takes like 30 minutes to get to Solana Beach from their house in Chula Vista. Meanwhile, at 1.25 a.m. January 8th was when Maya's phone activity came to a halt. Location data of her cell phone indicated that her phone didn't leave their neighborhood while it was powered on. Then here's another big piece of evidence against Larry. 
During the investigation, it was determined that at least 444 miles were unaccounted for on the Lexus SUV for the day of January 8th when he went to the beach. Mm -hmm. I'll explain. So luckily for investigators, the Lexus had been serviced December 17th, 2020, and then the warrant was served to obtain the Lexus on January 23rd. So that wasn't too big of a window, right? Pretty reasonable. Between that time, there was 1,379 miles put on that vehicle. So for me, who drives a lot, that's nothing really, but... For Larry, who has four vehicles between him and Maya, that's a lot of miles, especially since she wasn't or she was working from home because of COVID. Uh Uh-huh. And he had a pretty flexible schedule as well. Investigators compared cell records, bank records, social medias, witness records, work schedules, everything they could get their hands on. And they accounted for every single day and where the car went. Everything was accounted for all but one day, January 8th. Wow. The day, according to Larry, he was at the Solano Beach with his son. The total miles unaccounted for was approximately 440 miles. Well, anywhere from 440 miles to 605 miles, but closer to 444. Then, investigators found on the GPS of the Lexus that there was an event at 3.29 p.m. January 8th, which was for the address of the Miliete home. So, 3.29 p.m. was two and a half hours before he was seen returning home on the camera across the street from the Miliete home. I'm not sure which direction he was when he put in that address. I guess it doesn't tell on the navigation system Hmm. which kind of sucks because i feel like that's probably where her body's at if Mm -hmm. you know but something just doesn't add up about that day i mean solana beach is like 30 miles from their home right was his son really with him did he really go to the beach or did he go somewhere else like all the way to the desert or something have they not talked to the kids or we don't know I don't think, does, don't they have to have his permission to speak to the kids? I'm not sure how that works. I don't, I don't think they've spoken with the kids, but I feel like they do probably know more than anybody else would know since they were the only other people there that night. Yes, and if the girls had school, virtual school, that's why they didn't go anywhere, but you're not going to leave them alone for 11 hours, and then your little brother's going to be gone the whole time, so if he was lying about that and the brothers at the house with the older siblings. You know what I mean? It's just, Mm -hmm. that's a long time. I know. I feel like a lot of of questions could be answered by talking to them, but also, like, I don't want to put them in that situation because they're so young. Kids don't really know how to lie when they're little like that. Like, was your daddy home? Daddy didn't come home, did it? You know, like they would just rat them out. Yeah. Are there any other cameras like uh, at stoplights that they followed or followed him or 
Driving down the street, more people probably got ring cameras that could have caught his car. Hopefully that's something they'll bring up in the trial. But I don't. Oh think yeah, that... I keep forgetting this is still going. <laughs> still Damn ongoing, it. yeah. So hypothetically, if he went like all the way to the desert, it could explain like why the tires were so low when Jr. came to the house on the ninth. Oh, to go over rocks. Yeah, it could also explain like I forgot to bring this up, but like why Larry asked his neighbor to detail his car for him a couple of days after his wife went missing too. Like who would be worried about a damn car detail if their wife was missing? It just doesn't make sense. You have to assume that he cleaned the blood out if he was getting his car detailed. Well, if there was any, I hope I don't think he'd be too that stupid to have a neighbor he, clean blood out of his car. Spells. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, there was a desert area where Larry and Maya had hiked in that in that kind of two-and-a-half-hour range, and Mary Chris and company searched out there, but nothing. I mean, they searched all over the place. And he didn't Like, cross, every weekend they would search. He didn't cross into Mexico? I don't Tijuana's 30 miles away Were from Were you there. looking at I it? was. Yeah, I mean, he could have. I'm sure they would have checked that because to me that'd be kind of he seems like the type that would go through the effort of digging a deep ass grave though and making it very hard to find a body the preliminary hearings were in january of 2023 the defense was led by bonita martinez their best defense really was basically that that Maya was not dead, that she very easily could have left out of her own free will. They brought up that she had a wild lifestyle and was going out and meeting other men. They pointed to third-party culpability. Basically, if she was harmed or found ha- or found harmed, then it was somebody else, not Larry. Bonita seemed either very un- unprepared or, or just like out of her league or overwhelmed. I don't know, so many like objections and misdirections and like vague and broad questioning, questioning, (laughs) questioning, so much like just irrelevant nonsense, like the judge was getting very impatient with her. And who is she, the prosecutor? She's the defense attorney. Okay. Honestly, it would be very smart for, for Larry to find somebody else for the trials, but... I'm hoping against it because I think the prosecution side can take her down. (laughs) Yeah. The prosecutors, they presented the facts. They were more just like straightforward with their findings. And I feel like they didn't play all their cards. At least I hope they have more to present when the time comes. The problem with this case is that they don't have a body. But, you know, a victim's body isn't required to convict somebody of murder. I feel like this is one of the strongest cases of circumstantial evidence you'll find, though. I mean, gosh. There's got to be more that they haven't shared. And you shouldn't get to get away with murder because you're good at hiding a body. You shouldn't be able to get away with murder. Regardless. Right. But still. You're over here. Did he request one last spell to not get caught? He might have. And I guess the judge felt some type of way about it, too, because 
They're going to move on with the trial. He ruled that there was enough evidence for Larry Miliette to be tried on one count of murder. And then, of oh, course, okay. the illegal firearms possession. And if they ever do, heaven oh. forbid, find her body, then he can be charged with abuse of a corpse and oh, yeah, true. Con- contaminating evidence and all that, All too. sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think Maya would just up and leave everything behind, especially not her three kids. I don't think she would just jump out the window of her bedroom. Yeah, you're not fighting for a divorce, which is against your religion, everything you believe in, just to leave behind the three most important people. Yeah. And you're not going to not tell your family who you're super close to. And you can't tell me that in 2023... If she did this, that no one would be able to, like, recognize her out in the world, out on the streets. Somebody would see her face and be like, oh, that's Maya Miliette, the one that's missing. When because you... it was nationally broadcasted. Her family was on Dr. Phil. Oh, like, wow. People knew who she was. Well, at the very beginning, we were talking about no one being able to spot her. Like, in your little intro, I instantly thought about Amy Lynn Bradley how people oh, kept yeah. saying they would see her on the beaches, that she was like a yeah. slave on the beach. There was, a few, there was a few people that were like, I think I saw Maya Miliete. Or like, for instance, in Vegas, I told you about this the other day, uh, a couple said that a, a Filipino woman asked them to use their phone. She needed to dial a 619 number. I think it was that area code, which was like the San Diego region. But, I mean, there's probably a lot of Filipino Tourists. women that travel to, yeah, Vegas to gamble and stuff, and that might look like Maya. So I don't think that was a very credible source because when the police looked further into it, they mm-hmm. couldn't tell him the number that she was looking for. So it's just like, I don't know. Plus, I'm sure they were drunk. Maybe. I don't know. Full of buffet food. Can't focus. But yeah, I don't think she'd leave behind her friends. I don't think she'd leave behind her family or just keep them in the dark like she did. And you were saying if the that theory about her getting cash from her friends is true, then she's definitely telling her friends, I'm getting out on this day. Thank you for giving me money to escape with. Like, you're not going to leave all those people in the dark. True. She had wrote herself like an email, too. She had pretty much come to terms with the fact that Larry was always going to be in her life one way or the other as the father of her children, but yes. not as her husband. He was a bad husband, but a, a good father. And she was just ready to get a divorce and move on. But I don't think she, I don't believe she was willing to run away from her life. Me either. Yeah. I strongly believe that Larry is responsible for Maya's death. Of course, he's innocent until proven guilty. It's always the husband. Yeah. I think he buried her out there somewhere. He always had to be in control, always wanting to know where she was and what she was doing. And he was trying to turn her family and friends against her. And Maya was changing and becoming this strong woman. And she was done letting him control her every move. She had told her family on a trip during New Year 
of 2021 that she was going to go through with the divorce and they were supportive of her decision. That's good. And Mary Chris specifically said to be careful, be very careful because she knew that Larry was dangerous. And Maya said to them that if anything ever happened to her, it would be Larry. Well, shit. Yeah. Mary Miliette deserves justice and I hope this gets resolved for her family's sake. Her parents and her siblings and her friends are all hurting. And they have held out hope for so long, for the longest time. And her family had to go months and months without seeing her kids, too, because Larry wouldn't allow them to. His parents had guardianship over them. And I believe Mary Chris filed for visitation rights. They went from seeing the kids like a couple, couple times a month to none at all for like nine months. Wow. So, but thankfully in November of 2021, they were given visitation rights. But it's just a sad situation because the kids are so young and don't know what's going on and they need their family by their side. They need their mom. They need their mom. And hopefully, you know, they find her. It's going to be one of those things. You see it like in the news every day when a hiker stumbles across remains or... It's going to be by accident, I think, sadly. But I'm glad that they've held out hope. Same. Yeah. So for now, that is the case of Maya Miliete. God, Larry, what are you doing, man? I thought it was weird that he had a... A mask on during all of the preliminary hearings. Like he didn't want to show his face or something. Because it was in 2023. He was the only one in there wearing a mask. Maybe there's a... COVID's over. A sickness in the prison. Or maybe he had a cold or something. Or maybe he was trying to hide his... Or maybe he didn't want... Reactions. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Ooh. That's a good thought. You think he's just grinning underneath there? Smirking? Smirking, maybe. I don't know. It's going to come out. Time will tell. That is a lot against him, though. It's just very strange. The holes in the door. The spells. Backing his car into the garage that early in the morning. The subliminal messages. The miles on the Lexus. The tires being low. You had said that... He took his son to the beach. That was his excuse, right? And I could see maybe if he thought he needed to back into the garage to like load up he, he stuff told, yeah, he to told, take with him. Is that what he was going with? He said he put two coolers in there full of like Capri Suns and, and tangerines. Okay. You can't just carry that to your, your car. Yeah, you have to back it in. I was going to say, like, you've got to get your kid loaded in. And then, this doesn't make sense in my head at all. So at the same time, let's say he backed in to put her body in the trunk. So most parents load their child into the car first, right, and get them situated with it running with the air on or the heat or whatever. Yeah, but it took 45 minutes for him to leave, so I don't know. If he had the kid in there for 45 minutes. Oh, but okay. But also in the video, it shows that he like locked the the vehicle multiple times 
like every time he the closed lights, the door, he'd like, lock it. Yeah. And even when he got in the car, he like locked it by its uh by the key fab. Fob. Fob. <laughs> He's paranoidly strange. You think that it was the heat of the moment rage, and so he didn't know how to do the cleanup or what he was going to do after the fact. So they found blood in the bathroom, but it didn't come out to either Maya or Larry. So I don't know what that was from. Maybe a kid stubbed their toe. Yeah, maybe. But other than that, oh, and the credit cards were found burnt in the backyard fire pit or fireplace. I really? forgot to mention that as well. There's so much stuff. It's 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 a lot. <laughs> but yeah. The the specifically like the credit card that he was talking about that was on the desk. Uh-huh. It was found later, yeah, burnt up in pieces. Well, in the he back. obviously yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> he's trying to like cover up stuff. But why would you need to do that to your credit card? It's not like they can't look your statements up to see if it was used for something. I don't know. But also, like, to defend Maya, like, leaving and going away, her her uh, passport had also expired, too. So, like, she couldn't use her passport if she really did, like, leave and start a new life or something. You think she was going to go international if she was going to escape? I don't know. My passport, I mean... <laughs> I'm just saying. I hear you. I hear you. I don't think she left willingly. I can't see it. Maybe, maybe she was still alive when they left the house. Maybe he had incapacitated her and then left her somewhere to die. So maybe he didn't actually kill her. You never, they haven't proven that those were gunshots. True. And, Eight gunshots, do, or nine gunshots would have done a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And they didn't find blood? Or they haven't said? Mm-mm. You would think there'd be specks. I think they would have said they found mm-hmm. a lot of blood. Right, yes. And just because he's a gun fanatic doesn't mean he's great at shooting. I would expect at least one of those bullets to have gone into a wall. True. Very True. We so hear gunshots <laughs> from the distance all the time out here. Yeah, so I don't know. It's very strange. And they strange. can't really prove that it was their house that the sh- that the sounds came from either. Right. Did they just assume those were their kids on the audio too? They weren't some other neighborhood children running around? I'm pretty sure they confirmed that it was, it was their theirs. kids out there, okay. yeah. See, that is so weird to me too that you let your kids go outside but I'm going with what I said earlier. Maybe the oldest took the little ones outside while the parents were fighting or something. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's a good theory. I can't wait for more to come out. Too bad it's going to be like a year unless well, he... Well, I'm definitely going to keep track of guilty it now. or something ahead of time. I can't see that happening. Oh, he didn't wish for... He didn't, he didn't get a spell <laughs> for that, probably. Right. Well, good job, love. Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping track of it now, though. Yeah. So thank you, Crystal, again for the recommendation. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you know anything, since she's Filipino, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
if she hears anything or wants to inform us the ways of the Filipinos, we can always yes. share that as well. Like we said, we have a we have a half seas that we <laughs> hang out with. Yes. So, and she's the one who said that it was very rare. Also, I asked her about uh, her the divorce. divorce stuff, and she asked her mom, who's full Filipino, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I never knew." Now you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up another episode here on the Caught Red Podcast. If you like us, share us. Leave us a review wherever you listen to help us get some more dog lovers to discover us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget you have to... Hello, Mowgli. Don't forget you have to spell it P-A-W-D, podcast. Send us any recommendations if you have them. And we will be back next week with some more true crime. But until then, stay local, shop local. Murder local. Murder local.